Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Colorado looked like a Stanley Cup champion. The Red Wings did not. Nedeljkovic waved and cleared, so he's going down to Grand Rapids. And also, hey, Lucas Raymond, second star of the week in the NHL. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked On Tigers. And the Red Wings fell 6-3 to to the Colorado Avalanche, and it was an ugly game. I'm going to be real with you guys. God has thrown us a bone in this episode, Scotty, in which we have so much to talk about that we don't have to dwell too much on what was a awful game against the reigning Stanley Cup champions. So, I mean, we'll get to the most important things, and I'm sure we'll. I'm going to say we're not going to talk about it for too long but we'll get fired up and just keep complaining and crying about how that game went. Um, But, you know, we also have to talk about the Nadalkovich situation as he was put on waivers. Like again, we just, you know what it is, guys, we just should not record before 2 PM on any given Sunday (laughs) because that's when the waiver wire comes out. This is the second time that's happened. Yeah. Um, But we got to talk about that because we recorded on Sunday before the Ned news came out. And now he has since cleared Raymond was named the second star of the week. So we'll give him a little bit of props because he's been heating up. And then also thankfully, Thank you, Lord. We have a game, or NHL schedulers in this case. We have a game preview to get to as well as the Red Wings are on a back-to-back playing in Arizona on Tuesday night. Yes, Tuesday night. See, I got the day right this time. You nailed it. But, Scotty, I'm going to let you lead things off with this game recap because I'm at a loss for words. I want to put the onus on you to break down this game. That's great, man. I'm not nearly <laughs> as uh, as down as you are after this one. And that's not to say that this was not a – a really brutal game to watch because it absolutely was. But um, like you can go back and listen to our game preview. Like this was kind of expected. Like I, I don't know. Like this doesn't really change anything for me. Like I'm not. I'm not going game to game and like each performance is like significantly swaying me in like a different direction of like how I feel about this team. Like not that I expected them to look this bad because they looked really brutal. Even despite like we'll talk about the refing, but even despite that, like you know. You can say, oh, like, they, you know, two goals, whatever, like that. The, the Avalanche looks significantly better than you for almost all 60. Like, that, like whatever. They, they outclassed you, and they looked better. But in the same breath, like, they're a better team. And that's, like, kind of what I expected going into the game, even if it wasn't this dramatic. So, um, not a great game, obviously. I'm not trying to say anything, anything but that. Like, this was a, a really brutal performance. And the biggest thing – is just the continuation of a conversation we've had a lot in which the defense continuously is getting it's Swiss cheese. Like, and it's not even like they are out shooting, like their opponents are out shooting the wings by like 30 every night. Like it's, it's not like it's high volume necessarily, but it is all high danger. All like every single shot they give up is like, oh, that has a legitimate chance of finding the back of the net. And you can't do that against bad teams. Nonetheless, 
uh, against good teams. And we've seen that two nights in a row against a really bad team and a really good team. So, uh, like, not and, – and I know that we're the goalie defenders and whatever, and, and Huso got pulled, and, and certainly he – did not have a great game and, and should have squeezed a little harder on a couple of them and, and probably could have prevented a couple of goals. But, um, I mean, one really brutal penalty call that that dude tackled him and it wasn't a fan. Uh, and then just really bad defense in front of him, man. I, I, I'm like you. I am also at a loss for words on how else we can really articulate just how many high danger shots this defense gives up on a nightly basis. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the defense and the high danger shots and people can go back and listen to our thoughts on Monday's episode. If they want to hear us rant and rave about how bad this team is in their own defensive zone, because you said it, they didn't give up a high volume number of shots. They were outshot 29 to 27 in this game. Avalanche didn't even have 30 shots, but the Red Wings gave up six goals. Right. Right. And, and, you know, obviously that first goal notwithstanding, a lot of these were, I mean, Cal McCarr just swooping down low, cutting across the crease. And a, again, there was another missed call in that t- instance, and we'll talk about that. But Cal McCarr, Nathan McKinnon's, I think both Nathan McKinnon's goals, he had two in this one, as did Cal McCarr. Yeah. There it's is a power play goal, goal where somebody was unattended backdoor. Uh, Comfer was right out in front of the net that as was, well. It just, yeah, the power play was just, just, and it, and it wasn't even like, like trickery. Like it wasn't even like, oh, like he looped around or like did so. Like he just went from one side of the, the, the front post to the back post and no one picked him up yeah. and he was wide open. Like it just, it, it's not even like crazy schemes or like, oh, like that's tough to defend. Like, no, nope, he, 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 he skated backwards two feet and was then just wide open and it was just left back door and like obviously the McKinnon thing like the second goal of his at least wasn't exactly terrible defense per se because it was a breakaway but still like a horrible turnover and just like get your stick lifted and you know Bob's your uncle like I, I it, it's just really sloppy defense on a consistent basis yeah man. I don't understand how anyone can expect a goaltender to put up great save percentages when the team literally hangs him out to dry on almost every single goal and right. again we're the goalie defenders which you know, is fine. And again, Huso didn't have a great game. There were, there was at least two goals where I think he should have had, but it, it, that's not the point. The point is that the team in front of him isn't helping him out at all, like in any stretch of the imagination. And again, that when I, we say defense, we're not talking about thus just the defenseman. We're talking about the team's defensive scheme. It just doesn't work and it hasn't been working. And, you know, if this game was in a vacuum, Scotty, I wouldn't be as upset as I am. I mean, you lost six to three to the Colorado Avalanche with the reigning Stanley Cup champions, and you're a team that's rebuilding, looking to take that next step forward. But it just, one, it, this kind of game, I'd be able to shrug it off if this was just in a vacuum. But one, this kind of game accentuates everything we have been saying for the last couple of weeks, and like, this team needs a superstar. They have two. Cal McCarr and Nathan McKinnon took over this game. McKinnon, I think, had a three-point night. Um, I think he had four. He had four. Cal McCarr had two goals, and I think he had also one other assist, so he had a three-point night. I mean, those two guys have the ability to take over the game, and they do in every single sense of the word. And outside of that, this game also, because again, I would be able to accept it in a vacuum if it was just this game, but it's not just this game. Prashant Iyer had been tweeting throughout the game, and again, fantastic follow. He tweets out all the fun statistics, and he also tweets out all the unfun statistics. This was an unfun statistic game. <laughs> uh, this was the fifth time in the last 10 games they had been down four to nothing. 
And it was the third time in the last 10 games they had been down five to nothing. And then he just tweeted third out in the last nine. Third in the last nine, they had been down Make five. It a nothing. little worse. Yeah. And then he just tweeted out a second ago. Let's see if I can refine that tweet. Um, where oh, I just saw it. Wings have given up five or more goals 12 times in 42 games, which you know, halfway point through the season. That's 28%, 28.6% of their games. They have given up five or more yeah, goals. That's more more often than one out of every four games. Yeah. Their defense scheme just isn't working and needs to be completely reworked at this point. I, I'm yeah. just going to say it. And again, I know you were playing the Colorado Avalanche. So like in a vacuum again, this just serves to show how much farther you have to go. But it's just not this game. We, we don't play in a vacuum. They, yeah. This is the third time in the last nine games you've given up a five to nothing lead, or not given up, but been under right. a five to nothing lead. Deficit. Yeah, fine. And then you try to fight back at the end of the game. They they outscored the Colorado Avalanche three to one throughout the rest of the game after going down five to nothing. Like you can't. They just do it every night. The, yeah. The reason why the reason why the shots were close in this game is because again in the third period they're like, okay, well now let's start playing hockey. And part of that is because Colorado was up five to nothing and took their foot off the gas pedal and started sitting yeah, guys. For sure. You didn't don't have to play Nathan McKinnon, you know, as much as you have to if you're up five to nothing. Same with Cal McCarr. Like you just you can't win hockey games that way. So yes, I am emotional and I am upset because we're recording this right after the game has ended. But I'm just sick and tired of watching this team get down big and then trying to mount a comeback it's just it's you don't you can't win that way and it's looking at and it's For looking sure. and it's feeling like the wheels have fallen off and it's what we saw last year with this team and like at least last year it waited until after the all-star break where the wheels start, started coming off you started losing games big granted they're scoring goals late to make that so you doesn't look like you're losing that big but <sighs> it still has that same aura you're still losing these games and you're still giving up huge leads yeah, for sure. And and look, like we we've talked about the, you know, consistently inconsistent thing over and over again. Like this is all stuff that we've covered a lot. Um I, the the high points of this year are still like noticeably and like objectively much higher. Yeah. Like less than a week ago we beat Toronto. Like and and I know that they didn't have Matthews whatever. I don't care. Like <laughs> you're like you're you're not that good of a team if your entire offense is relying on one person. Like I don't care how good they are. So like, uh, it, it's it, like like that was a, a very good performance. We talked about the defense in that one and how it looked like a lot better. And and I'm not saying that the defense is ever going to come back, but uh, because that we've been proven wrong there a little few too many times. But um, like th this is still a a. I guess my point is just like at the end of the day, if someone had told us going into the season that at some point, even if it was only for 24 hours after New Year's, this team would have been fourth in the division. And in the middle of January were what, like three points, four points out of like fourth now, somewhere like two to three, somewhere around there, three, give or take a point out of fourth. I, I think we probably look and go like, yeah, that's pretty much what we expect. So like, I, I think it's, it's, it's just that lack of consistency. Because you're right. Everything you just said is 100% spot on, Scotty. Like, if you look at it, you take a step back, and you and we had that ability to see where we would be at back at the start of the season. You're right. We'd be like, okay, that's, you know, right. Expected right. where we but thought the, we would the, be. The, it's the, the peaks in the valleys. The, the that peaks are in the valleys being as dramatic of, of rises and falls as they are is what certainly makes this a lot. Like, if we were just 
beating every team that was objectively worse than us and losing to every team objectively better than us, I think a lot more people would be a lot more level-headed. But Mm -hmm. especially on social media, the last like 24 hours out of nowhere, everybody's just (laughs) gone into a a very argumentative mode about the the current state of the Red Wings. Yeah. Um, We got to get to a break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the missed calls and then we'll just move on because we got a lot to get to. Uh, got to talk to you guys today about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to basketball, the National Hockey League, and hey, pitchers and catchers report in what 28 days, just four weeks away. So that's coming up real fast. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, the missed calls by the ref. Um, the first goal, Nathan McKinnon ran into Huso's skate, the one skate that was outside this, the crease, which caused Huso to fall and not make the ability to make the save. Now, here's where the controversy comes in, is whether or not that counts as goaltender interference. And I am of the mindset that when you look at the rule book, that yes, it was still goaltender interference from the standpoint that while he was outside the crease, and if a goalie's outside the crease, you can make incidental contact with him as one long foot as... One might have been in that crease, though, for being completely honest, but sure, okay. keep going. But, but the one foot was absolutely in the crease, but they, they're considering it where the contact happened yeah, outside. Yeah, for crease, sure. Which I, whatever, right. we're splitting hairs, but sure. Um, If it's incidental contact, but it, the player making the contact has to make a reasonable effort to avoid the contact, which McKinnon did not do, i.e. goaltender interference, no goal. But regardless of the goaltender interference. We live in, we live in a society, Scotty, where a a goaltender can be interfered with not goal. And Larry Murphy had a wonderful rant in between periods, but we we live in a world where a goalie can be interfered with when he's just a hair outside of his crease, but not inside the crease, but also not behind the net or not like by the dots. Like you can, so it's only okay to interfere with the goalie if they're, just a just a pubic hairs width outside of the crease. Like it, this is this is it's nuts, man. If he was if Huso was playing the puck behind the net and McKinnon had come by and tripped him up with his skate like he had, that would have been an interference penalty, a tripping penalty, whatever you would want to call it. But because he was just barely one foot outside of the crease, now it's not a penalty. It, it makes no difference. He doesn't have the puck. He interfered with Huso. Huso couldn't make the play. Goalie interference or not, it's still interference. And then, the, of course, there's the missed call. McCall, McCarr's second goal, I believe it was, where McKinnon dropped the puck off. Perron dro- tried to drop off McKinnon to go chase McCarr, and McKinnon checked him, so he knocked him over and couldn't make the play, which is another interference that McCarr directly scored on. And then, like, five minutes later, they cross-check interfered Larkin right. so he couldn't get to the puck, and that wasn't called. It's just autonomous calls on the refs' part in this game. Yeah, no, for sure. And and like I I like I said earlier, it's certainly not an excuse to look as bad as they did. Like they would have lost anyway, whether we like it or not. But um, 
Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it, I, I don't really have anything else to say. Like, yes, really brutal calls. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, like I, I can't get too passionate about it because of how bad the team looked. Like, but but yeah, like obviously, really really bad calls, and I. I I disagree wholeheartedly with with the call on the first one and the no call on the second one are both pretty blatant in my eyes that uh, they they shouldn't have gone the right way. And even people that like weren't fans of either of these two teams were like that for the goalie interference call especially like that's brutal. Like that's that really is like a like a a, a brutal call for a team that certainly didn't help need certainly didn't need any help today. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Like you said, Scotty no use in getting too fired up over it. They were brutal missed calls, non-calls, whatever you want to call them. But the team would have still lost regardless because Colorado just outclassed you in every facet of this game. They looked, again, like the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Uh, let's see. In terms of players that did play well, I guess Rasmussen and Cop had a really good game. Uh, I think Cop had a goal and an assist in this one. Uh, they both had Corsi fours of 80% and expected goals four percentage of 96% um, at even strength five on five. It's one of those games where that kind of goes unnoticed because everything else is going so poorly. Um, but their possession numbers in this game, Andrew Cop, when he was on the ice, 17 shot attempts for four shot attempts against Michael Rasmussen, 16 for four against. You know, they were productive at creating shot attempts. Now, granted, a lot of that probably came in the third period when the team began to mount a comeback. So you kind of want to, like, not look at, at it as, like, a game hole. But, hey, I guess take any good news where you can get it, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I I, I think we do a, a pretty decent job of pulling good and bad from, from pretty much all games. And, and I think that that is certainly one of them, for sure. Yeah, yep, yep, that's... There you go. That's it. I think Mort Sider's goal with like 30 seconds left is going to end up going to David Perron too because it looked like he may have tipped it. Yeah. I've been refreshing, seeing if they update it, but they haven't yet. So we'll see. They probably figure it doesn't matter. Um, but <laughs> Probably. Uh, either way, I think Mort Sider comes away with two points in this game. Nope, just one. Uh, goal or assist either way. Uh, speaking of good news, Lucas Raymond. He was your second star of the week. Seven points in three games played. Uh, three goals, four assists. Honest to God, did not like that kind of like when he was named, you know, third because of this team's struggles in the stretch. Now, granted, they won um, back to back games in that stretch as well. But uh, it, I, I just, it, he's been flying under the radar all season long as he's been heating up. You know, we were talking about it last week how, you know, he always oh, heating up and like now he's going to, he's on pace to s- surpass his point total from last year. And it just didn't click in my mind like, oh, seven seven points in three games that's pretty dang good (laughs) yeah for sure no and and i think we actually made a comment about that i don't think it was yesterday it was either yesterday or the end of last week um where we had just talked about the fact that like he he had been he had been pretty nice lately and that he had been heating up and that uh that pretty much everything you just said that like it's kind of going under the radar just because of uh, there, there are bigger stories than him on the team in, in good ways, and there are certainly a lot worse stories on the team too and the, for the bad ways. So it's just kind of one of those things where the the everybody else moving around so much that, that his improved performance, improved production at least from the beginning of the season has kind of gone on notice for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's sitting at 30 points in 41 games played where last year he had 57 points in 82 games played. So like just barely better on pace for better than his uh, – Rookie year, yeah. but still, I mean, 57 points in 82 as a rookie is really good. And if you can get to 60 points, I mean, that 
you know, for a lot of fear over a sophomore slump, that goes a long way to kind of dashing those fears away. So, yeah, absolutely. But we'll let's get to our second ad read. We'll come back and we'll talk about Nadalkovich and then we'll briefly set up the preview for the game against the Arizona Coyotes. But first, got to talk to you guys today about AG1, our next po- product. Yeah. Our next partner has a product. I tried combining partner and product. There. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, that you're going to want to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's cheaper uh, than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost them $100 a day. This Costs you less than $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, after we recorded yesterday, news came out. Alex Nedeljkovic was placed on waivers. Um, And then today at 2 o'clock, he cleared those waivers. So he and his $3 million cap hit are now permanent. Well, permanently, we don't know if that's for sure. But for the time being, he will remain in Grand Rapids. And the Red Wings have decided to go with Billy Huso and Magnus Helberg as their goaltending tandem. What are our thoughts on that matter? Well, uh, I mean, he hasn't been very good at the NHL level. So I I, I think it's hard to be too up in arms and and really have a solid argument against doing so. I I think really the debate is – if he was going to get picked up, how upset were you going to be? I think that that was more of a debate than like the actual decision to do it. Cause I, again, I think it was pretty straightforward. Um, not, you know, if you want to have the conversation of Halberg or him, like certainly that's one, I guess, but uh, at the end of the day, you're talking about a, a comfortable backup and where Huso is going to get a lot more of the, of the looks in that. So uh, not really the end of the world. And, and, yeah, I mean, like I said, Ned has has not been very productive at the NHL level, so I have a hard time believing anyone was really losing sleep over the decision. But uh, like I said, I, I do think the main thing is not really if he was going to get picked up or not, um, because I think that this is another one where the contract was just not worth the production and the age and everything, given where uh, he's at situationally. But I think that the the real debate was, you know, if he were to get picked up, was that like a for you personally, was that a detrimental thing? Would you have been super upset, or would have kind of just been a okay, like on to the next one type of thing? Count your I, losses, I guess. I, I mean, I think you kind of hit all the points right in the head as to why he was waived. I mean, you could with Robert Haig coming off of injury, 
you needed a roster spot. Yep. And with the conditioning stint that Ned had, the Red Wings could no longer afford to play the whole three goalie game because he had to come back. And it's you're, are you going to keep the carousel and wave a play? It just doesn't make sense to do this any longer. So they made a decision. Magnus Helberg had been playing better and as a backup than Nedeljkovic did. And, you know, Nedeljkovic, like you just pointed out, $3 million cap hit, hadn't been playing well at the NHL level, wasn't a huge risk to lose him. And obviously it worked out because they didn't. So, I mean, the, the, the enigma's over. You know, right. No more three goalies. We got two now, and it's Magnus Helberg's your backup. And, you know, kudos to him. I think he's been playing well enough to earn that backup role. He had to come in in a relief today, and I think the only goal he gave up was that breakaway goal on from Nathan McKinnon, and, you know, I'm not going to fault him for that. Not a lot of goalies in the league could stop a breakaway from Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, it, you know what? The biggest, the biggest thing, it, everything logically makes sense. I was still emotionally a little stricken when they waived him just because we were such, we rooted for Nedeljkovic so much from last season into this year, like really rooted for him to be the guy. Uh, but just this year, he didn't have it and uh, his contract's well, expiring. I mean, and right now I don't yeah. think there's a big reason there. I don't think there's a big possibility that they're going to bring him back at this point. No, for sure. Which uh, and, you know, this sparked the whole, like, Steve Eiserman discourse online, oh which I, I thought was preposterous. Let's save Not, that conversation for another Yeah, day. no, for sure. I, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole because that th- this is <laughs> – doesn't – even in spite of this and even if he doesn't come back and never plays for the Wings ever again, it's still a, a, a like, solid trade that, that everyone would make. But regardless, besides the point um, – no, like th- this is a a situation. I think you're right. Really, I guess is what I'm. I I can just summarize. No, you're that. right. You're right. I, I what? You're right. No, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> I, I think that it's it's uh, the odds of him playing for the Wings again aren't zero because if I mean if Halberg struggles, like that's certainly a, some they could just. I guess bring him back up and whatnot. I guess, but like at this point, why even would you? Uh, like he cleared waivers, he's down. I it wouldn't shock me if if that was kind of it. You know, barring injury, if if that was that was kind of it for the Wings at the NHL level. So, uh, and, and you know, he struggled at the second half of last season too. Like this wasn't like uh oh, you know, this year was this like new thing and and our expectations definitely fell off a cliff throughout the year and what we would expect from that on a night in and night out basis. I mean, we were talking about having like one of the the cooler and and like this great goalie tandem coming into the season and yeah. like how quickly did that, you know, we thought it could be one of the best and flutter away, <laughs> right? Just and and that certainly isn't because of, because of Huso. So uh, yeah, something that you kind of started seeing cracks last year, but again, last year was an uh, also a horrible defensive unit. So you kind of gave him a little bit of a pass, and this year, uh, just caught up with him. You know, when, I feel like when this one goalie less is the unit and more the right. scheme. Yeah, and, and you know, when one goalie is able to like still have good nights and one isn't <laughs> like that, that's kind of I, I think all the the evidence you really need. So yeah, obviously, wish him nothing but the best. Hope that he can kind of turn it around whether it's here or elsewhere um but i i don't have any reservations about this being the the right or wrong move i, I think we're all pretty 
in agreement that this was something that needed to happen. And I don't think anyone's shocked. And yeah. I think a underrated, not underrated, it's not the right word, but like an undersold part of the storyline here regarding Nadelkovich is his trade value just takes a complete and utter hit over his just really bad season. I mean, if this team was out of the playoff hunt, come the trade deadline and you're going to be sellers, which let's be honest, you're probably going to be sellers this trade deadline regardless. Cause we were always talking about finishing outside the playoffs. And if you're not going to be in the playoffs, you might as well try to gain asset assets for the future. He was always going to be on the table to be a asset, but now him having as bad of a year as he did, did to get sent down to the grand Rapids Griffins. I mean, no one's going to want to pick up that contract. You'd have to have a really desperate team. But even then, like what kind of desperate team, playoff caliber team looking for a goaltender is going to well, want a goalie with an 8-5 save percentage resting in the Is it expiring? It is. But like, okay, so like, yeah, like, no, like, no, like, yeah. <laughs> just and like, if you really are like, oh, like, I still think Ned has some left in the tank, then like, you know, wait six months and <laughs> take a stab at it then. Like, there, yeah, there's, no point. Yeah, it, it that does stink, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what are you gonna I mean, do about it? Day, like again, like it, it's certainly our expectations for for the the what is happening in that are certainly a lot different from where they were going into opening night. But at this point, it, it's been a very clear starter backup, not even a one A one B situation in that. And so at the end of the day, we're we're talking about a. A backup goalie, and you, know, you took the you're over in the Colorado game, right? You took the over in the Colorado game. What? You took the over in the Colorado game, right? I'm just not thinking about yes. this. All right, yeah, you were, you got that one right. Yeah, <laughs> it was six and a half, and it finished at eight. So yeah, it was pretty good, pretty good pick on your part. Yeah, not bad, man. Uh, Red Wings playing Arizona. We're already at the thirty minute mark, so we got to make this brief. But Red Wings playing the Arizona. There's really Coyotes. too much to say besides there's no excuse to lose. Oh, God, they're one of the worst teams in the league. I think they're third from last or something like that. They're last in their own division. Oh, yeah, no, but they're, they're not. Even the like besides division. that, they're on an L9? Chicago. L9. Yep. They're on a nine-game losing streak. They're seventh in their division, 13, 25, and five. They're playing out of a college ice rink right now. Um, Clayton You're Keller. playing a team on a nine-game losing streak in, in front of 5,000 fans, and probably half of them are going to be Red Wings fans. The, yes. The, like, there is no More college students. <laughs> There's no reason for you to lose this hockey game. It's going to be half college students, 25% Red Wings fans, and then 25% empty seats. So, <laughs> I, I mean, there's no reason to lose this game. And if you're the Red Wings, you're, you're looking at the you're looking at the Arizona Coyotes as a team that you're just going to want to go out there and beat the crap out of because you're so angry over how you performed the last two games. You lost bad. You lost oh. four to three, but you played. Bad 40 minutes against two teams, one really bad, one really, really good, and you're sick of it. You go out there and you just put a hurting on Arizona. Now, Magnus Helberg's probably going to get the start in this one uh, after Philly Huso started this last game, didn't finish it, but started it. Uh, but, I mean, Clayton Keller is their leading goal scorer. He's got 38 points in 43 games played. After that, it's 28 points in 43 games played for Shane Ghost's Bears. So, like it's a huge offensive drop off and goaltending wise uh they they're not very good either. Uh uh Carell, I'm not going to try and pronounce that Velmelka, I think something along those lines. I'm yeah. really bad at pronouncing European names. 
but his save percentage is 902. He's he had a really, really strong start to the season, but kind of like Huso this year, Ned last year, eventually your bad team in front of you gets to you and you start letting in more goals. Uh Connor Ingram's their backup. He's got an eight eight nine save percentage. So they're 29th in the league at Corsi four at five on five. This is a bad, 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 bad team. The organization is bad. The owners are bad. <laughs> Their podcast, fantastic. Robin does a great job. Go listen to her. Facts. But I mean, she goes, she jumps through hoops and she goes to all the council meetings council about the meetings new arena. Man. Best the thing best. about their organization is the Locked On Coyotes podcast. A million They're not even percent. affiliated. <laughs> yeah, million so, percent. Go check her out. But this this organization is is a mess, like the Vancouver Canucks, but that's a different conversation. So go out there and beat the crap out of them, man. Just, that's the end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, I don't know what else needs to be said. Just no, there, I mean, you, there's no point in compare. Like, we're better than, than every and everything. And like, if you lose, that's that's inexcusable, pretty much. You, at this point, I know you lost to him bad last year, but just go. I don't have analysis, guys. Just do your job, correct? Win a hockey game against a really bad team, like you should. We talked about the early start part of the season. is you no longer – the expectation is you always beat the teams worse than you and you compete with the teams better than you. That was the goal. And, you know, they lost to Columbus, but you beat them two out of three times you played them. I think you beat Arizona the first time you played them. I, uh, if I'm double – let me double check here. I can – as they've done once already. One game already. Yeah, Red Wings won four to three in a shootout. So you barely won beat the Coyotes. Yeah. Oh man. You remember that? I do now. <laughs> it was brutal. Oh. Yeah, I will not forget that one. All right, all right. I'm I'm upset. I'm emotional over this loss to the Colorado Avalanche. So, let's end it there, Scotty. You got any final thoughts, man? We ball. We ball. We'll be back tomorrow with a game recap. Nine o'clock game, Scotty. So it's going to be a late one for us. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.